Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Karibuni Sana hoping this finds us all healthy and as usual, hoping that we are safe. I hope you've had a better week and my prayer for us all is that the Lord's arm of strength, like we've been saying every week, might come in soon. That's our prayer and help us all out of this. But more than that, is that the Lord will give us wisdom for the times, these difficult times, and that we may come out glorious just as he did after his ordeal at the cross. Oh, Jehovah, do that for us in Jesus' name. My name is Fred Alexander Oyola, the lead pastor here at Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi, and I'm so glad you've chosen to listen in from wherever you are. As usual, some quick announcements. Follow us on our social media handles, Nairobi Chapel in Bakasi, is the name it's on instagram facebook we're on twitter as well check our bio link we've used the link tree app and so it has our materials for the week ministry materials from sunday online service our weekly podcast sermons our giving details children's crafts uh, our devotions for the week all the way from our teens to our adults and it also has a communication line in case you need to holler at us concerning anything Please know that part of our giving details includes the information for our food bank as Nairobi Chapel. So if you're at a place where you can give towards that, please do so. God bless you for that. And so many of you have done it. So may the Lord bountifully, uh, overflowingly bless your pockets. But if you're the one in need, let us know. Please let us know. Reach out to us. Some of you already have. And through the contact details provided, our information for the for the for the for the food bank has contact details. So just reach out to us to that through that, and we will get back to you. And may the Lord, our prayer in this season, may the Lord richly, richly provide for you. May you not lack. May you come out of this having seen the arm of the Lord and how He is a powerful provider. This month, we've been through a new podcast series. We've been going through a new podcast series. We called it simply Make Room, but with a question mark. Simply asking, make room? What do you mean, make room? In the first week, we began by looking at Jesus, the absolver of the condemned. We looked at the state of the globe, our nation, our homes, and we said that in as much as we are confined to our homes, and in as much as our homes are currently in uncertain financial situations and will struggle with the budget of another mouth to feed, the Lord still beckons us, knocking at our doors, asking to be let in. We read Revelation 3.20. That are the very words of Jesus telling us that he's standing at our doors, knocking, and that if, if anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he'll come in and eat with that person. And hear this, that person will also eat with him. Ah, that will be an amazing meal. The question then was whether you and I will let him in. Have you let him in? Are you letting him, letting him in? That is the question. We've been asking it throughout the month. And my prayer is that you would answer that question and answer, him, answer it soon. We then saw that Jesus' encounter with the prostitute woman in Luke chapter 7 showed us that we are to look for Jesus like no one looks for silver, gold, or even hidden treasure. 
When we find him, we are to pour on him our best prayers of remorse, joy, strength, and adoration, just as she poured the perfume on him. Oh, hallelujah. We are to surrender all we consider glorious in our lives and glorify him in every way possible, just as she took her glorious hair, the very symbol of her glory, and used it to wipe the very feet of God, the most majestic feet, feet of God. We finally saw that Jesus absolves or declares a condemned prostitute free hey, from all of her guilt and punishment as a result of her sin and declares her saved. We too will be saved if we make room for Jesus despite our condemned states. In the second week, we looked at Jesus, the approbator of the despised. We began by looking at the state of the world, the continent of the country, as concerns the relief efforts given to cushion the strenuous financial times that we are all in. We then looked specifically at our Kenyan tax relief details and went as far as looking at tax details in the Bible. Yeah, they are there. If you think I'm kidding, remember Zacchaeus? We saw his encounter with Jesus at Luke chapter 9 which showed us that he wanted to see for himself who this famous Jesus was. The Jesus that hung out with the sinners, with the publicans, with the tax collectors. We saw that he never got ashamed of climbing up a tree to see Jesus. And when Jesus finally saw him and invited himself to his house, Monandugu, this guy, he obliged. And then finally we saw that he makes amends, this Zacchaeus of his wrongs as a tax collector. In all this, we saw that Jesus approbated or approved of the despised Zacchaeus in front of everyone else. And just like the prostitute woman declared his whole house saved, all this claim came from the fact that he also made room for Jesus. Last week, we looked at Jesus, the disparager of the respected. We began by looking at the COVID-19 virus and its enormous ripple effect in the whole world, especially in making sure that we are all on the same level. None of us is immune from this, from the rich to the poor. We then looked at Jesus and how he also had a rippling effect or a ripple effect in his time. Jesus ruffled the feathers of the nation of Israel when he entered the scene. Hey, he was trending. This guy trended from his first day of entering the world to the day he died. Even after he died, he's still trending today. Hey, say my amen. <laughs> Everyone heard about him. And the only thing that mattered is whether he rubbed you off in the right way or in the wrong way. We then saw that Jesus' encounter, Jesus encounter with Nicodemus in John chapter 3 showed us that Nicodemus' Pharisee traditions and beliefs of approval and acceptance with God through being descendants of Abraham and following the Old Testament laws strictly were never, let me say that again, never going to grant him eternal life. We also saw that seeing the kingdom of God will only be once one is born again and born again by water, as Jesus said, and the spirit. In all this, we saw that unlike the people in the land that almost over-respected the Pharisees, Jesus disparages Nicodemus, almost like disrespecting him by treating him just like any other person. Hey! Thereby giving him the wisdom of his mission. Nicodemus made room for Jesus Christ 
which in turn changed him forever through the knowledge of salvation in the same Jesus Christ. To the point, believe it or not, he helps in the burying of this same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. That has been the three weeks that we've been talking about making room for Jesus. And so like we've been doing every week, our Bible reading for the month has been Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 to 16. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 to 16. I will read, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Ah, Jehovah, write these in our hearts, we pray. Today we finish the Make Room series with Jesus, the life giver to the dying. Believe it or not, Jesus is in the business of giving life. And I dare tell you even this moment, that he's in the business of giving life even in the midst of the crazy death we are facing through this COVID-19. Let's pray, guys. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy that is still evident in our world today. We thank you for the blessed opportunity again to break your word. May it be embedded in our hearts, written in our hearts, that we might never sin against you, especially in this difficult COVID-19 season we are all facing. Prepare our hearts, Jehovah, now, this moment, to be the best ground for your word and that in turn, it may bring forth an abundant, overflowing, and lasting fruit. In Jesus' name, shout amen from wherever you are. Dio. I came across news by Al Jazeera last week. Or just this week, I think last week, yeah that stated that Senegal was one of the best countries that dealt well with the pandemic. Believe it or not, they only had two deaths in a month into the pandemic. And most patients treated had already been healed. They have the largest rate of recovery in Africa and, through the report, are the third best recovery, have the third best recovery rate in the world. All this despite having a very small health budget compared to many other countries. Can you believe that? Africa, oh yeah? Hey guys, I can't hear you. <laughs> Africa, oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> eh, Africa. To date, sadly though, the virus has infected about 3.1 million people worldwide and claimed about 213,000 lives in the process. Sad stuff, man. I know you're past Easter, but these many deaths have made me think a lot on how Jesus died. Every time I hear the reports on dying, I'm like, whew. Maybe because I'm a pastor. That is something I think about a lot. I've been thinking about a lot in this season. Jesus died. How did he die? How, how was the processing in his mind? Was he scared? Was he tense? Did he wonder where he was going? 
Before his death on the Gospels, though, a lot of other different deaths are also recorded in the Bible. There is death from the flood of Noah that claimed the whole population of the world. There is death from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah that claimed everyone's life apart from Lot and his children. There's numerous deaths from wars, killings, drought, and not forgetting crucifixions. Crucifixions claimed the lives of thousands, even before Jesus entered the scene. It was used for the people that Rome considered problematic in any shape and form. There were so many other deaths as well. People died from sicknesses like leprosy. They died from uh, sicknesses that God placed on them. So many different ways were there in the Bible that people died from or died through. But crucifixion was one of the most um, distinct ways that guys died in the Bible. And especially towards the end of the scriptures. From the times of Jesus all the way to Revelation. Jesus' death is recorded in all the Gospels, but it is his interaction with the criminals he was crucified with that will be today's focus. All the Gospels record that he was crucified with the two thieves, but it is only the Gospel of Luke that we get to see the actual interaction with these thieves, the conversations that happened. Luke 23 verse 39 to 43 gives the account this way. Verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. He said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus. Please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you today, verse 43, you'll be with me in paradise. From this portion of scripture, it is very clear that the two thieves or criminals held two different opinions of Jesus. One insulted Jesus, taunting Jesus to save himself. And in the same manner, save him, the criminal, as well, while the other one, for some peculiar reason, understood who Jesus was. And even went as far as rebuking the other criminal and having a beautiful moment with the Lord in the end. Whenever I think of Jesus' death, this portion of scripture always makes me muse on quite a lot. Number one, Jesus was ridiculed a lot to save himself before he died. That has always bothered my mind. The soldiers who captured him at the Garden of Gethsemane blindfolded him, then beat him up, asking him to tell them who beat him, like he didn't know. This is God. They, they had no clue. <laughs> he was also ridiculed by the chief priests and the scribes after crucifixion to save himself. Imagine, Mapasiban, pastors, bishops, were ridiculing the king of kings, the god of he he he. He's finally insulted by the criminal next to him on the cross to also save himself. I've always wondered how he felt with all this ridicule, mocking and insults. My crazy brain, my silly brain always wonders, is there any point he snapped? He almost, or he almost snapped. I always wonder how, how that looked like. 
would he have turned them all into stones? You know, like, I'm tired of this nonsense. Would he have just cast them or made them go blind? You know, I'm always, but being God, hey, we all know he did exactly what Isaiah prophesied about in chapter 53 and verse 7. It tells us that he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. All Jesus said to all this mocking, and all the crucifixion, and the slapping, and the kicking, was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. When was the last time you forgave somebody for slapping you? <laughs> when was the last time somebody took your spot at the at the workplace? And you forget when was the last time? Remember when you were still going to church? Hey, I can say that. When was the last time when you were still going to church? Where where somebody took your seat, your special seat, and you forgave them? You still even <laughs> you still even after this long forgiving that person you still wake up and go why do they <laughs> jesus said forgive them for they don't know what they're doing i saw a very similar comment on twitter just a few weeks into the covid19 virus pandemic believe it or not it read like this where are the church people and their jesus who heals the sick isn't jesus supposed to stop this Heal us all and prevent us from this? Church people, where is your Jesus? Hashtag, Jesus is fake. Hashtag, church is a joke. Hashtag, salvation is a hoax. My question for us today is this. Are you at a place right now where the gravity of the pandemic has put you in a place where you're almost insulting the Lord by questioning his ability? Are you mocking the Lord Jesus by consistently asking why he hasn't stopped the virus? Are you at a place that you're almost forcing God's hand to end this right now? Otherwise, hey, hey. Are you angry over what the pandemic has forced you to cut down on? Are you blaming God already? Or are you just almost blaming him? Blaming for the job loss, the salary cut, the death of a loved one or a friend. My encouragement to you is don't allow the pain of the death you're facing in any way, life and form or any area of your life in this season to blind you to who Jesus really is. Don't allow the discouragement of these times to kill your joy. Don't allow the darkness of this situation around us to lead you to quench the spirit of God. Who is always working inside of us. First Thessalonians 5.19 warns us to never quench the spirit. Never quench the spirit of God. Basically, it is telling us to never doubt. Never be indifferent to. Never reject him. For those who don't know the Lord, don't reject him in this season. It warns us to never allow the destruction of others to lead us to it. 
when we start to draw attention to ourselves and to our feelings and judgments and summaries and personal man-made beliefs, it is a sure quench to the spirit. When we start to lessen known facts of God, we are surely quenching the spirit of God. When disbelief is the order of the day because of what we are facing today, we are quenching the spirit of God. Choose today not to insult the dying king of kings, but to believe in him. The second thing I muse on from the passage of Jesus and the criminals next to him is how the other criminal, for some reason, ended up believing in him. How did that even happen? How does, a, how does one go up the cross a criminal and ends up believing on Jesus? We are told nothing of this guy in the scriptures. Nothing. All we know is he's a criminal. We don't even know his name. We only know that he is a criminal, a thief. Not even a big time thief. He is just a common thief. It is important to note that both the books of Matthew and Mark actually state that both the criminals mocked Jesus. It is possible then that when Luke reports that the second criminal rebuked the first of insulting Jesus, it's like he came to some sort of revelation. It's like the long time, the long time they spend on the cross, the happenings were on the cross. The things Jesus was saying before he died on the cross finally got to his heart and he had a change of heart. Unlike the first criminal. This guy was so changed that he now calls this dying man God. Hey, he called him God. He acknowledges that Jesus had done nothing wrong and asks him to remember him when he comes to his kingdom. What a change of heart. Don't you think? This criminal allowed the working of the Spirit of God in him. He never hardened his heart. He was dying and yet he could see God in his death. Hey, think about that. He was dying and yet he could see God in his death. He was dying and yet he could see that there was new life after death and that Jesus would save him. This dying criminal had more faith than all of Jesus' disciples combined. Think about it. Some of the disciples couldn't even believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I have to see him. One of them said, Ah, no, 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 I can't. He spent three years with these guys. But he dared say, Imagine, ah, until I see, the, see him physically, that's when I'll believe. But this criminal has just spent a few hours on the cross with the Lord. And yet, he now knows that this is the God of heaven. I would liken this criminal to a person having lost his job or her job, but still praise God the provider. I would liken him to a person having discouragement in this dark season, but still finding time to lift up the God of heaven. Who is the joy that is our strength? Psalms 142 verse 3 tells us that whenever I feel low or weak or overwhelmed or faint, Tired, you are there to guide me, O oh Lord. Hmm? My question to all of us as I close is, which dying criminal that was on the cross with Jesus are you? 
Are you the one that despite everything that happens on the time on the cross still mocks and insults Jesus, quenching the work of the Spirit of God inside of you? Or are you like the other criminal who on witnessing all of this allows the Spirit of God to work on their heart and comes to the loving knowledge of Jesus as the God of heaven? The other dying criminal made room for the dying Savior on the cross. And as a result, hallelujah, received everlasting life. He only knew Jesus for a few hours on the cross and believed and was converted and died. But he spent eternity with him. He was a deathbed convert, one scholar said. The first and only deathbed convert mentioned in the Bible. But what a way to be converted right next to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Brothers and sisters, these COVID-19 times are dark. They are low. They are faint. They are discouraging. And they are full of death. But we have a choice. We can choose to harden our hearts to the Spirit of God and His marvelous nature through it. Or we can choose to make room for the Lord, for Jesus, to soften us, to better understand the God of heaven through it all. My advice in closing to all of us is simply this. Choose and choose well. Hallelujah. Let's pray, guys. Let's pray. Almighty God, Thank you for allowing us to finish the sermon series where you've been asking us to make room for you in this difficult COVID-19 times. Help us, Jehovah, to firmly profess and hold firmly to the faith that we profess. Help us to hold firmly to the faith we profess. Help us to remember that you aren't a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But you are the one who was tempted. You are the one who was tempted, discouraged, and was low in every way just as we are. Yet you did not sin. Help us then, Jehovah, to forever approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may always receive the mercy that is new every morning and find grace to help us in these difficult times of need. We pray all this in the absolute name of Jesus, our Savior and soon coming King. From wherever you are, shout Amen. Guys, may the Lord bless you as we have finished this sermon series and in this difficult COVID-19 times, may He protect you and always smile on you and be gracious to you. May he shower you with his favor and bless you with his peace that surpasses all human understanding and that guards our hearts and minds. Adios. Adios.